And we are getting things started at a contract weight of 133 pounds. James Barnes battling David Duran. Putting round and there at the good timing by Barnes underneath that left hand attempt of Duran. And tenacious Barnes looking for the takedown. Rolls right onto the back. Duran. Look at that nice arm lace with that left hand. Look at the left hand of Booker Barnes, how he's controlling that right arm of his opponent. He's got an open ability to attack. And Barnes still has 25 seconds in which to work, feeding a steady stream here of right hands to the face of David Duran. Inside leg kick, and there, the takedown attempt again by Barnes. Stuffed again by Duran, but Barnes able to get the takedown into side control. Surrender here, his butt, no, back on his back, as Duran just desperately trying to get out of here. But there, now Barnes sinks in the choke, and it is over just like that. Barnes here in round two records his ninth Submission win, should we be surprised that it was via choke job? Picks him up, drops into his back into side control, and from here, moves to the mouth, and that makes David Duran say, okay, I have a choice. Do I stay with this guy on top of me, or do I turn my back? He decided, I'm gonna turn my back. You see the hooks go in, and you see Mooka Barnes go for that choke. We're about to witness Joshua Jones get it on with Dominic Clark. Jones caught our attention when he said that don't let the dad bod fool you. He brings mad heat. Here we go. Jones looking for the guillotine choke. He has scored a guillotine choke victory in his career. But again, riding a three-fight winning streak here in his military debut, and he gets submitted by Joshua Jones, who improves to nine and four, evens his Bellator mark at two and two, picking up his second guillotine choke victory. Well, that's his job as a spoiler. He did an outstanding job of staying with a submission that he knew was close. When he first locked this on, you can see when he goes to the ground with it, he brings that leg over. This is tight at this point. You see Dominic Clark trying to push that leg away. And when he's trying to push the leg away, the reason why is that's creating a pressure pulling him back. That's how Joshua Jones finishes. But here it's a featherweight matchup between Weber Almeida and Castle Williams. Weber Almeida coming in undefeated record. 2-0, can he make it 3-0? His Bellator MMA debut tonight, and he just got slammed down in the blue blocks. He has already been hurt, but back on his feet. And Castle Williams now in a southpaw stance, but he says he can switch if he has to, and uh, man, he's been switched on early in this fight. Oh, not many fans the coward left hand that dropped. Williams, but I'll tell you something, Williams can take a shot. Williams is known for how tough he is. He will not give up. He's destroyed the crowd around the world. Spinning back fist counter. 
has Williams win again. Looking for the kick. What a combination. What an opening. Rock here. Another left hand. Another left. Williams. Eats every shot. Eats the right. Eats the left. No made up with that left under a minute. No made up. Coming after him with pressure, watch left hand. Oh man, what a counter. Straight in. Check hook. Outstanding job by Weber Almeida to look. Look at his eyes. Boom. That's a beautiful counter left hand. Puts him down. Referee says, I've seen enough. And it's Bantamweights in action. And uh, this one, an intriguing matchup in the prelims as we've got Sean Bunch taking on Leandro Eagle. Piston like Jack, what a one-two by Sean Bunch. Sean Bunch is looking like he came from a striking background. Confident with his striking arm. Take down though, and Eagle immediately attacking the back. Back door escape by Bunch, who picks up the single. Or tries to. He's on a single, he's on a body lock now. A little bit dissuaded by Good head movement by Bunch, changes levels. Eagle looking for that guillotine, jumps guard, and there's a tap, Eagle coming back and submitting Sean Bunch. He said not a bad plan by Higo. If he gets that neck, he's got a very tight guillotine, and he just proved it. Leandro Ego picks up his 19th victory, 11th via submission. Got his head into Higo's chin. And then he allows his head to drift down. Higo wraps the arm, goes for the guillotine. That is tight from the beginning. What a turn of events for Leandro Higo. Again, look at when he just drops the head. You have always got to be aware of your head position. If you allow your head to slip down and that arm comes around, you are in danger. Two warriors set to earn their cash in the Bellator MMA cage at a contract weight of 175 pounds. Mike Jasper meets Johnny Cisneros. Both very similar records, very similar in age. Both guys have a ton of experience. And wow, Cis Cisneros already down and into side control goes Mike Jasper. Jasper falls again, and he is injured. Referee, Frank Trang intervenes. 
picks up his third victory in Bellator, his 13th victory overall, and his seventh win. There's the shot. Look at him take the step. Watch right there. Ouch. That's where he rolled the ankle. That's where he had the problem. Watch him take this step. He bounces up. The foot gets caught, and he rolls right over onto the ankle. That's what started the downfall for Mike Jasper. Big right hand by Johnny Cisneros. Then he comes after him, puts pressure, makes him step on that leg. There goes the ankle again. Down goes Jasper. Johnny Cisneros falls up with shots as Frank Trigg is coming in to stop it. Watch again. It's the pressure. Nice kick, makes him put pressure on the ankle. Just too much. The injury was too much for Mike Jasper to stay in the fight with. Let's go to the tail of the tape for this fight. Look at all of those wins for Antonio McKee. That tells you how good he was. He was actually at one point a 14 and 0 as far as 14 fight win streak. Both their guys are older, that's good. You see McKee with that reach advantage, but he's the guy that has the superior wrestling. Position. This is where Antonio in the top position, one of the strongest ground and pound fighters. McKee, another slashing elbow strike. That was a very good elbow. Another another 15 seconds left in the opening frame. McKee trying to live up to his prediction. since 2014. Look at the lace of the legs here, Morrow. That's where he's controlling position. And the shots that he's landing with the left hand, the ones that were getting through, and a couple of them got through big, Sarapai's closing his eyes. You can't have a fighter that's now closing his eyes while he's getting hit. That's not gonna do you any good. You've got to move the position. You've gotta get out. He couldn't do that, and Antonio McKee deserves a beautiful win for the first time in five years. As we go to the 4-1-1 for this female fight at 115 pounds. Godfrey absolutely has the more experience in an MMA cage. Pro debut for Ava Knight, but you gotta look at all that boxing experience. What's it gonna do for her here tonight? In the blue gloves, and Goffrey known for her kicks, immediately kicking, and well, that's not known for her punches.
Washington stands in her corner. Strength is power. Oh, and now it's Godfrey inside control, and just like that, the unpredictable nature of mixed martial arts into the full mount by Godfrey. This is what can happen when you all of a sudden you, there is no time to relax in MMA. That body shot hurt. That was a big strike. Getting hit with that kick. Oh, there was a right hand dropping Godfrey. This ball and now the ground and pound. But Godfrey treating Godfrey like a clutch test dummy. That little shot hurt him momentarily. And just delivered another one. Godfrey on her knee. Referee asking her if she wants to continue. Godfrey back up to her feet. Another shot to the lever. these heavy shots by Ava Knight for a small female fighter. She has big power. Look at that left hook to the body. You can see again, that drops Goffrey down. She gets back up and goes right back with a straight shot right to the midsection. Those hands have power and she definitely brings the heat when she throws. Ava Knight showing what a boxer that fights a smart fight can do inside the cage. Look at that straight shot into the body, and she'd already hurt her twice with those huge shots to the liver. You start taking body shots, you can only take them for so long before it's all over. Our next matchup here at Bellator 228's prelims, a featherweight contest between AJ Agazarm and Jonathan Kiros. You can look both of them young in their professional careers. AJ Agazarm has a special talent when it comes to being on the ground with his submissions. There's the takedown by Agazarm. Distance will go to your three judges at cage side. A. Bellardo, Ralph McKnight, Michael Bell. All three scored exactly the same 29 to 28 for the winner by unanimous decision. AJ Leo. Ah!
Agazar. AJ Agazar records the victory, and he raises the hand of Jonathan Kiros, who proved to be the fan favorite, but there is some sportsmanship. As we take a look at the tail of the tape. And that's the big difference you're looking at. It says 39 and 11 for Michael. This is going to be his 50th fight. And you can take a look at that 13-2. I say it's 17-2 because he had four wins that are not on there. Technical. Judges, how would you have it, John? Well, your three judges at cage side. Your first judge, Michael Bell, scores at 29 to 28. Judge Ron McCarthy sees it 30 27. And Judge Ralph McKnight scores it 29 to 28. I'll have it for the winner by unanimous decision. Now advancing to the quarterfinals in the Featherweight World Grand Prix. Daniel Drake Marshall. Caldwell against Corrales. And when you look at this, is what I'm talking about, the reach, 74 inches for Caldwell, being the Bantamweight champion, not the featherweight. Coming up to featherweight still has a longer reach, and he's the guy that likes to wrestle, so Henry Corrales has got to get inside of that long reach. There's Caldwell looking for the touchdown and gets it on Corrales right into side control. His long time coach. He's not loving these elbows. And he has got that little cut, but his long time coach, Eddie Chaw, was coaching it in the crowd. But he's not being on kick and well timed by Caldwell gets a. Well, again, John, like you say, he's going for the takedown. Don't put your fingers on the. I'm giving you a warning for timidity. Do you understand me? Timidity, you must engage. The reason he's not saying it to Henry is Henry's trying to track him down. Yeah, both of his submission defeats have come via guillotine job, so you're right, 40 seconds left. Gentlemen, for the decision to go to your judges' scorecards, Judge Abe Villardo scores the fight 29-27, while judges Ron McCarthy and Michael Bell both see it the same, 30-27. All have it for the winner by unanimous decision now. Moving forward to the quarterfinals of the Featherweight World Grand Prix, Darion the Caldwell. 
4-1-1 on this featherweight World Grand Prix contest. You can see that undefeated record of AJ McKee, an outstanding record. The age difference of 10 years, but look at that reach difference. That is a huge advantage for AJ McKee. Fight. The bell in round one. AJ McKee, Southpaw in the red glove. Seconds, the oh. second fastest Eight seconds. stoppage. Touch the gloves. Goes a little right hand. Watch the left. Boom! That hurts him and then he starches him with that left hand. It is over fast. AJ McKee just put it. Look at that record of 29 and 4 for Pitbull. You look at who he's lost to. They were champions. And you look at Juan Archuleta. 23 and 1 on an 18 fight win streak, like you said. This is the best against the best. Archuleta trying to zigzag his way in. And that was uh, in the garden of good and evil. Right here for me. Not a laughing matter, John. Right here, please. But thank you. Watch what occurs. That little inside kick is off target. That was an accident. And kicked by Archuleta. is an illegal clash of heads. He wouldn't have a mark on him if it wasn't for that. Big shout out to the, uh, the people in the truck, Norton, Rick, the whole crew, doing a fantastic job as always. The best. The best. And of course, speaking of the best, you're looking at him right there. Patricio Pitbull, who looking to continue to add to his legacy. 32 years of age. 
looking for his 30th career victory, 18th in Bellator. And remember, he already has the record for most wins at 17, looking to increase that mark. And now Darion Caldwell. Well, there, I guess the selection show is starting early. Your first judge, Michael Bell, scores the fight 49-46. Judge Rob McCarthy sees it 50-45. Judge Anthony Manus scores it 49-46. I'll have it for the winner by unanimous decision. Now advancing in the featherweight world Grand Prix. And still, Bellator featherweight world champion, Patricio Pitbull. Leona Machida against Gegard Mousasi. You can see by those records how successful and special both guys are. That reach difference, that 76-inch reach with that jab, that's a big that's a big thing for Gegard to use as a weapon. And he can. And he's got power. Oh, but the right-hand counter with Machida. He has definitely... So trying to attack the lead leg of the southpaw. There's what I'm talking about with that. And with the left of Machida with a body kick counter left from Musazi. And in the final 25 seconds, let's see if they start to bring the fight to each other. And there, Musazi coming in head down, swinging wildly. I touched him. To your judges' scorecards, your first judge, Michael Bell, scores the fight 29-28. He sees the fight for Machida. Your second judge at Kingside, Ron McCarthy, scores the fight 29-28. He sees the fight for Musasi. Your third and final judge, Luis Colbian, scores the fight 30-27. He has it for the winner by split decision. Gengar Musashi! <laughs>